0: Welcome to Fitness in the Word with Benjamin Cassandra. So you are a vessel unto honor, and it is you, it is your responsibility to be that vessel. God has made you that the same way God put gold in the soil or in the ground. Praise the Lord. But you're to mine out that gold and to get it to a state that it is fit for the master's use. And life, time is of urgence. The theme for this virtuous woman was understanding the times. Time is of urgence. The Bible tells us walk circumspectly, redeeming time for the days are evil. Pastor Chris said this. Life is in cycles. And at times, that cycle may not repeat. There is a time God will position you for something. And, and there are people, you know, you will see. There are people, old people. That some, I even know personally, that I've tried to help. I want them to get back. You know, you see the potential they carry and what. And you want them to get back. And they, they just can't. So I remember, may this be because they missed a certain timing in their cycle. Yeah? We read all the verses, teach me to number my days. Yeah? There are many things that talk about time. So Pastor Chris talks about a gentleman that they began with. He talked about a gentleman they began with. And during that time they began, they definitely, like many ministries beginning... There is nothing pompous or, yeah, of glamour so much about. So this guy left. Very passionate because that's the time they used to go soul winning. They cross rivers. They are going into bushes and all that. And this guy left. So one time this guy sees Pastor Chris on TV. Like, wow, that is Christian. Christian has become big, you know. So he decides to go. And now when he goes there, no one knows him. They ask him, do you have an appointment? He's like, these appointments, they take months. You need to book like three months earlier. You know, like now the appointments are coming from America, from Canada, from Estonia, from where? By the time you get, this man is having appointments, global appointments. They are not just from Ikeja anymore. And he says, just tell him my name. So they go tell Pastor Chris this guy's name. And that guy, and Pastor Chris says, he's out there, call him in. And he comes. And he just looks miserable. Pastor Chris looks at him and like, what? You're the one. And the guy is like, I made a mistake, I should come back, we should serve. And God tells Pastor Chris there is no place for him. Yeah, And Pastor Chris is also really thinking about where do we start. How, you know, just like even right now I look at it like there are people who served here. Imagine like seven, six years ago. And I'm like, right now if they show up, what do you do? You get what I mean? Like there is no, you know, maybe they were big. So they will feel like any other responsibility is inferior to them. They will not want to go through discipleship. They'll not want to do... You get what I mean? But you see, can't also have them at the forefront. Yeah, so what Pastor Chris could do is give him some money, buy for him some clothes. Like, that's it. But you know, he says, it was so sad. Like, this should have been a mighty, very mighty man of God. But it's like he missed that timing and so as we serve, as we value us, as we look at who God has called us to be, let's not forget there are opportunities you're not going to have forever. There are times that are not going to be there forever. There are places God is going to place you. There are people that God is going to place you with. There are connections God is going to give you. And some of them may be a one-time thing in life. And that is why many times we should be glad that there are some mistakes that we have made at this level. Some of these mistakes are going to be very fatal at another level. Very fatal. You get what I mean? There are things that we can do at this level and yeah, because very soon we are going to be very different as a ministry. Very different, very different. And you see, before you get to understand before you get to understand growth and all this there are things you look at and you think it is pride. I remember uh, I was reading this uh, uh, manual. T.D. Jakes was training pastors on ministry. And he says there's a time. I think John Austin, John Austin's dad, he had 40,000 people. And T.D. really liked him as a young minister. But T.D. one time went there and he realized this guy finished preaching and he was whisked away. And he just says, which kind of pastor is that? Isn't pastor meant for the people? Isn't he meant to be there? By this time, TDJX had 30 members in his church. You get what I mean? By the time TDJX got to 1,000, he could not say hi to them. The other guy had 40,000. You get what I mean? And he said, he really learned to to, to criticize, especially at a level you're not. Because there may be things you totally don't understand, you totally don't understand about that level. And there are things like things keep changing and many times if you don't get to those things, you don't value those things, there is a time where I could take any invitation anywhere. We are not, we are not, we are not at that level anymore. You get what I mean? But you see, there's a time, oh, come and minister in this school, come and minister in this university, come and go to this village, come and go here, come and go here. And you know, I could easily go everywhere. Right now, that is not that is not so possible. We have, we, we already have two days of service meeting in a week. You see, missing even just one week is a lot. You get what I mean? So these, these so eventually people are going to think, oh no, you're now proud. You can't do this. You can't do this. You know it is just because they are not at that level. That responsibility is not there. You get what I mean? It is just like you. when you got a job. Your parents, your siblings, think you don't want to see them. They're very proud. She used to come home every weekend. Now she's in Nairobi. She thinks it is because they are not at that level, and you can't explain. So, but we, we you see, we keep growing and growing and. And as we grow, there are things that there, there are relationships that will be temporal because they are not growing. There are relationships that you get up there and they are not growing. Some are saying, Why do you think that many of these billionaires don't billionaires don't seem to have friends? Many friends. Yeah? Like they, they are normally, they, they are like loners. Miles Manner is the one who said, Pigeons flock. Yeah? And how high do pigeons fly? Like that crow, where that is. You know, they're just like alive, and they. It's a lot of work for them, yet they fly very. You know, you even hear that sound. Pigeons pass out here. They are like these boda What are they called? Senke or whatever. You know, when you hear it from far, you know you're thinking a Kawasaki is coming. Then you can walk past it, but the noise it's making—that's <laughs> how pigeons are. I says eagles. Eagles don't flock. You've never found that. Oh, those are three eagles flying together. Those are four eagles flying together. They are loners. Yet they go so high, and yet use very less strength compared to pigeons. They just glide. Most of the time, eagles are not flapping. You rarely see eagles flapping. They are high up there. So why don't they engage themselves in running to pick maize? Oh, we saw maize fall somewhere. You see, pigeons, you see, they will see three seeds of maize. They will go and pick. Eagles don't. You may think they are proud. But the level at which they are, they can't waste that. They can't do a dive of how many, because eagles can go above like these first clouds. Do a dive from there. to just come and pick one grain of maize. No. You get what I mean? An eagle will come from there, and when it is coming, it's coming for a lamb. It's coming for a goat's kid. That's what it will come for. It's coming for fish. Two kilograms, three kilograms of fish from that water. That is what it will come for. And as you grow, as a person, you're going to realize that as a leader, it is going to become important for you to do less and less, but more important. At a certain level, you can do all things. Praise the Lord. But there is a level you cannot reach doing all things. Yeah. There is a level. You know, there is a time we were talking with, uh, with Lucy... Um, after she, she got her big washing machine. You get what I mean? And you see, as a single lady, you know many people think as a lady you have to be there washing all your clothes, washing all your plates. Why buy a washing machine? You get what I mean? Will men marry you? But you see, you're not going to be, you're not going to be as rich as Lucy. You get what I mean? Because that time you're going to spend doing laundry, You're going to realize that if a machine did it, you're going to make more money. If you can afford a machine, it is helping your life. And it is the same thing with life. You get to realize that there is a lot that you should delegate as you go on. That's how you're going to be effective in life, even in leadership. That is how you're going to be effective. And that is what, now you see, this pastor has 40,000 people. If he's every day stays there to say hi to every person that church is going to reduce to 500 members. You know why? Cause the small things, the little things that he's meant to concentrate on and give his energy to which sustain this congregation at 40 are going to be given less energy than he's meant to give them because most of the energy was given shaking hands of 40 people. 40,000 people. You get what I mean? So as you grow, you realize that there are things that you you can't. Joel Austin, Joel Austin, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he doesn't meet anyone. He has no appointment. He has no he doesn't do any TV interview. He doesn't do Thursday to Sunday. He doesn't do anything. All he does is prepare for Sunday. How long is this someone on Sunday? 26 minutes. It takes Thursday. Friday, Saturday. He's the most followed preacher in the world. So, some may say, Which pastor is that? How do you take Thursday, Friday? Eh? Church bodies paying you money. Shouldn't you be here meeting people? Shouldn't you? If he starts meeting those people and all that, Lakewood will not be as big as it is. He's concentrating on the small but very important things. And that's what you see even in organizations. You see CEOs. CEOs seem to have very little work. But it is like the most important work. It may be very little, but it is very crucial. When... How you normally see the importance of that is when that CEO leaves, Because you see many times people who serve in these organizations, corporations, companies. if We are the ones who make these people make money. I'm the one. Shouldn't we be? They don't remember that if that guy is not there, their job will not be there. That job is there because of that guy. You get what I mean? Yeah. Bob Colimo was here. How much work was Bob Colimo doing in Safaricom? How many things he didn't seem to know? You know, think, How many workers of Safaricom had never met Bob Colimo? And you know, that's what they would think. If he was really a good boss, we would all meet him. He should once in a while come and say hi. You would have no job. The company would be very small to accommodate you also. It would be very small. Yeah. he was at a level that just needed thinking. And it, 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 it's that. All the resources, it is, it is just that. So you are growing. We are growing as a ministry. You're going to realize that a time is going to come where you cannot do certain things. And if we miss our timing, you're going to realize that the person you're seated next to, they're not going to be available as they are meant to be anymore. And you're going to think that they are proud. But no, they can't afford to be less productive. You've not grown to, deser- to deserve that time of theirs at that level. When you don't see that value, you will keep that way. You will keep, when you don't see your value, you will keep available to everything, even things that are useless. Yeah. When they thought Jesus should go for this wedding, Jesus told them no. And he sneaked in so that he's not seen. I have to be about my father's business. I have to be. He knew the time that he was left with. And there are many things that people say today that just are partial truths. You know, that's what uh, even this lady was saying about social media. Somebody just gets a little truth. then 90% is a lie. But because they had one fact, we trust it. So that's how people stand and say, look at Jesus. Today's pastors are not available to everyone. Jesus was available to everyone. Are you sure? Have you read that Bible? So you see, they will just get one fact. You see Jesus with the Samaritan woman. That's a fact. Then now they will surround it with other lies. Yes. Yes. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Jesus, as in there, there are things I showed you that Jesus was not, was, not, was not always available. He had, yeah, he had a small circle. There was particular time they wanted him to stay in a certain area. And he said, no, we need to go to other villages also. We need to go to other, other I mean, other cities also. He knew his what was cut out for him. Now, That can only happen if you know the value that you have. You know the the value that God has given to you and you carry yourself with the honor that he has called you with. When you know that there is a way you're going to carry yourself, there is a way you're going to do things because it is dishonoring to God for you to be in a position that you're meant to have honor for and treat it like you're not in that position. You get what I mean? You, you, you've purged yourself. But it is like you're going back to what you've purged yourself from. You've gone back. Uh, the, I know many of you have talked to different people, people who seem important and what and all that, and you realize their time is valuable. And that is what has made it that. So they tell you, meet me at one. It is at one. And you see, in case they start accommodating, you think, oh, she's a relative, she's a relative, she's a relative. Eventually, they are not going to be that valuable to you also anymore. You're no longer going to. Because they are going to what they were paid. People say rich people are stingy. No, rich people are not stingy. Prudence made them rich. Why why you think that they, they can't just throw their money at you? That is what made them rich. They learned to stop throwing money at everyone and they became rich. So when you find them, you think they've started it at that level. Now in case they change and start doing it for you, they are going to go back to your level again. You're going to be equals. And you're not going to need them anymore. You're going to to go somewhere else. Where does that start from? It is just by that. Seeing the honor. Seeing the honor that God has put in us as individuals. Seeing that. There are relationships, I think it's Apostle Selman who said this, that it is very bad for you to resurrect relationships that God himself has killed. Very bad. You will be dragged to the grave with them. There are people that are important, you don't hate them, they are not enemies anymore, but that relationship is no longer important sometimes it was for a time and that time was done and during that time either they didn't grow to continue working with you or you didn't grow and they left you yeah it's very okay it's very okay i sat down a few of my friends and talked to them when i was getting married and i told them things are going to be different don't expect me to be available, as I used to be to you. And I told them, when you're getting married, I also expect that from you. Yeah? there would just be a phone call. Come, ah, come for a sleepover. We just meet internally. Like, ah, what are you doing today, by the? Tomorrow, are you at work? Are ah, you not? At, come, let's go. I'm like that is going to stop. It may seem hard, there is sentiment, there is what, but it is good progress. And it would be weird if you get married and anytime time I say come for a sleepover, you can come, then there would be something wrong. You get what I mean? Yeah. So it is the same thing. If your business is growing, your life is progressing, you're going to learn to concentrate on the few, the little things that are very important. There is a time I was talking to Aaron as head usher. Because I was seeing him, he's running to get that seat, he's running to do this, and I told him, you are the head usher. Your role of standing and not doing anything is very important. Because as you're here getting the seat, who is going to see the usher who is absent-minded? So as head usher, you're going to seem to be doing less, but it is very important. That is what leadership is about. You grow to do less and less, but very important. Now imagine if every damn man who came here to clean the church... I came here to switch on. But you see, when, when, serve, when we just began, there's a time I did those things. I carried speakers. I set up speakers. I used to roll those cables. I used to connect. I used to assemble seats. I used to do that. You get what I mean? But we've come to a level where we have a number of people. That time we did not have a number of people. Praise the Lord. So imagine if I showed up early in the morning to set up speakers, to see where the seats are, to do what? They now come and lead prayers. Then now Yeah, then preach. <laughs> hey let, let's say let's say sing. Let's not celebrate. Or recite worship songs. <laughs> Receive offering and do all those things. The truth is that this ministry would not be at this level. We would go back to where we were at Comfort Hotel. There would be no time for me to prepare for what I need to prepare. There would be no need, there would, it would not be easy for me to meet some of the people that, that I have met. You see, one time we were talking about this with, a, I think it was with what, with the leadership team and what. And we were seeing, we are looking at, just looking at this ministry, I was looking at how many pastors in different ministries are not valued by their boards and what. They, they think they pay their pastors so much because they feel like their pastors do nothing. They just show up and preach and go. You get what I mean? But it's like people never learn. Because you see, normally look at when that pastor dies or when he leaves that ministry. What happens to that ministry? That's when they realize that this man was important. He's standing up there. And we were really, because we were talking about it, we were looking at a number of people, especially looking at people who don't come to Ratsi. Who give big to Ratsi? Now, looking at most of these people, it is because they relate with me as pastor. I listened to your preaching on YouTube. I saw you. I they met with pastor. So it may seem like pastor is not bringing in a lot of money, but you're going to realize so and so gives to this ministry because of pastor. So and so gives. It. There is this relationship. This ministry has because of pastor. There is this because he's there at the leadership, and it's the same thing you see with CEOs. They are the ones who pitch about their companies. They are the ones who stand there and call in partners. But you see, in office, they seem to just be playing solitaire and what Mario and oh no, you know, because you, you know, you just go to their office and they just seem they are just seated there. Bring me water. Bring me this. You know, you feel like you are meant to be paid more because you are more their office. Do you get what I mean? As you grow, as you progress in life, you should get to a place where at every stage there are things you get out of your life to be able to concentrate on what matters most. It is not that the people who do those things are irrelevant; They are very important. You get what I mean? But you see, there are positions that there are responsibilities that we have been given. And at different levels of responsibility, you're going to be spread very thin. And this is very important. We are not I'm not just addressing the leaders, but you, the leaders of these departments, sometimes your department is struggling because you're still doing everything. That's why your department is still struggling. Because you cannot give oversight that way. Imagine if a football coach is on the pitch playing. Nowadays, it seems like the one for money is playing. But last night, money won. (laughs) No, imagine if the football coach... Those players are better, stronger than the coach. But you see, he has to be out of the pitch to get potential out of those players. As good as they are. So he can be a very old man. He seems to be doing little. And that's how you see football has coaches. We would see old coaches. Ferguson was there till he's in his 70s. This is a man who looks frail. But his insight, he can see the blind spots because he is not on the pitch. If you're on the pitch, you can't see the blind spots. That's what we see in the army. Commanders and what? Why are they not at the front line? It is because the leadership role is very necessary. But you see, for you to maintain and to get to that level, there are things that you're going to realize there. Craig Grishow puts them this way. He says, many times, as leaders especially as ministry is becoming busy, one thing you look at is time. You think you don't have time. We, we normally think the issue is a time issue. No, the issue is an energy management issue. It is not a time issue. Everyone who has succeeded has had 24 hours. You know, I used to hear Miles Monroe. You see, Miles Monroe used to write songs. He used to play keyboard. He used to advise presidents. He used to write books. He pastored a church, one of the more thriving churches in Bahamas, Nassau. He had a good marriage. He has children. He studied. So, like, how does he do all these things in 24 hours? Yeah? Remember, the time is, they are doing a 21-day fast. He's just doing fasting and he's just taking herbal tea. That's all. 21 days, he's not eating any food in 21 days and he says he still goes for his 7 kilometers 7 miles run every day so he has time to run when he's fasting he has time to receive a phone call from Obama he has time to receive a phone call from another businessman he has a church that is thriving he has leaders under him he has books he's writing he has businesses how was he able to do all this his marriage was thriving You know, how is he able to do all this? It is an energy management issue. And what is this? You get activities that energize you. You concentrate on those. And activities that drain you. Whenever you get to a level where you can delegate, you delegate them. We can't delegate them at all levels. You get what I mean? But as we grow, we delegate them so one of the things that he delegated was what buying a jet having a jet that made it very fast for him to move around in all this you need it in the usa tomorrow the president wants to talk to you about this and this He can easily fly there he doesn't need to say have you booked the tickets what time are we going to leave how long are we going to wait in the airport how long are you going to do this energy management craig reshaw himself says craig reshaw as a pastor he said one of the things, like, he doesn't do funerals. He doesn't do weddings. He doesn't meet people, like one-on-one. He doesn't meet people, like, oh, let's meet and talk. Does All those things is delegated. They have seven services a weekend. Life Church is the biggest church in USA. Most widely spread. The ones who have come up with version, Bible Adventures, all this is from Life Church. Craig Grishol is the leader there. So those are things he did at one stage, but he can't do right now. There are people who can do those things. He has pastors who can go do the funeral. He has pastors who can go do the weddings. He has has all that. And eating. He doesn't think about what to eat and do what. And I, I really identified with that. There are many times I would come here and I would not eat. Because of thinking about what to eat. Well, you see, Arnold ask, Pastor, what are you eating for lunch? I'm like, come back, I'm going to tell you. Then, you know, she comes back, I'm like, you know, because the moment she moved out of the office, I forgot about eating, I concentrated on what I was doing. And there's another person, I let them just come in, let me meet them, let me meet them. I'm like, it's four and what, I'll eat at home. Not healthy, I need to eat well, I need to, you see, to function very well. So Greg Greshel gave me a plan, which is very good. It works. It's working for me right now. He said, I'm not asked what to eat. And you know, I first heard Bishop Oyedepo say that some time back. He said, my wife doesn't ask me what to eat. She knows that I don't have time. She knows that it is, she knows that I'm thinking about very important things than what to eat. And he said, at that time, to me, it seemed rude. Until right now, if that question is asked to me, babe, what should we eat? You know how? You no, know, try to tell me, babe, there's a meeting in KICC. Can you go and preach now? That energizes me. I'll just say, which suit should I use? You know. But what are we going to eat? What should we eat? You know, I'll think and think. So, Craig Greshel got his best seven dishes and gave the list to the personal assistant. So every day the person assistant brings food, she's like, "Wow, you've got my best." Wow, but it's because he gave her that best seven. So she's the one who changes the menu the way she wants. Now you see, he is at a level where he can delegate that. You may not be at a level where you can delegate that. <laughs> But this is what I'm showing you. Like, Imagine how it is going to keep on his mind and it's not going to be as effective. He's preparing for a podcast. What does that podcast do? You're going to see that podcast had one million views. You're going to see how many business people subscribe to that particular podcast. How many engagements they had with that podcast. How many people through that podcast decided to partner with that church. How many, you know, like that energy. So it's the same thing. A pastor is going to show up and they're going to preach a message that is just there because they've not prepared. And there's a life, if you know, if you're translating it in terms of money, if that pastor had prepared very well, there's somebody that message is going to impact who is going to be a partner to that ministry, who is going to be a great giver to that ministry because there's somebody who gives to this ministry once in a while. They don't go to church, they used to go to church and they're disappointed. They are a rich person in this city. But you see, they listened on YouTube. They listened and they told somebody, that pastor knows what he's saying. You get what I mean? Yeah. And they said, one time they sent very, they sent, I don't remember, 200,000 old. So you're wondering, who is this guy? Who is this guy? We don't know this person. You get what I mean? But you know, They listened. So it may look like that time taken in preparation, that time of being comfortable is useless, but it is very important. So that's what I was saying. You are in your house, you're in your home. If you can afford a washing machine, why not buy it? Imagine you work 8 to 5, yeah? You get home, you're tired. You're looking at that laundry, it's bothering you. It's bothering you all the time. Then you have a department to lead. You have to come to church and lead a department. You have reports to give about your hotspot. You have all these things. So you're reaching your like Now you're sleeping for three hours. So for how many hours? You're, well, you're no longer productive at work. In church, you're just grumpy. You're disturbing everyone. A 50,000 shillings washing machine would have sorted your problems. You get what I mean? Yeah. You just reach home, put the laundry in. Do whatever you want to do. Go sleep and do what? You get what I mean? So you may not be at a level where you can afford a washing machine, but what can you do? You may be, you, can you afford your yeah, mama four? Can you afford mama four? There is no problem with that. Because you're concentrating on the major thing. And you say, I'm not talking about laziness. I'm talking about energy management. By the mere fact that you can afford her, you're not lazy. Yeah. If you're borrowing to pay her, you can't afford her yet. Yeah, you can't pay her, you can't afford her yet. But if you can afford her, then you know you realize how your life progresses. You realize how things are going on better. Because you're concentrating on the few things that are very important. The few things that are very important. That all starts from a level of honoring yourself. It all starts from there. Knowing the value that you carry. It is very important. It is very important. We have people here, accountants and what? You do filing for people, filing returns and what? That is more important than washing clothes. That is more important than... Imagine you are late. These people are paying you money. You are late. Why? Because you are washing dishes. So what if if you could buy a dishwasher or you could get someone to come and do it? you see how you're going to concentrate on what is major? So what energizes you? Energizes you does not even mean just physical energy. But what what do you do and you feel like, wow, this is what I was born to do. This is what I love doing. Or in this kind of work or this environment I'm in, this is what I love to do. Like I'm saying, like you are a leader of a department. What energizes you? Your department thriving. That's what energizes you. You come and you look at the ashes and, like, wow, everyone was at their station. They worked so well. That's what energizes you. Get them to do the mopping, get them to carry the seats. Get them. That's why you have a team. You get what I mean? Yeah. They should be able to know that you can do those things. In case, yeah, you can do those things. It's not that you cannot do them. But that's how leadership grows. Joyce Maya and the husband, they don't cook for more than 30 years now. They don't cook. <laughs> Just to do planties. Yeah. So if Joyce Meyer cooks, it she wants to treat her family. It is not like to eat, I must cook. You get what I mean? Because she reached, you know, your own. She's on this plane to the city. She's, then imagine, coming from all those tours and let's cook. What? We can afford and so you realize that that is not being extravagant if you can afford. You realize that it actually makes your work faster. The way they say spend money to get more money, you realize it does that. And that's what the business people do. That is why you see these big corporates. You see Safaricom and what? They don't do logistics for themselves. Yeah. Why does Safaricom hire what? Axela. Are they called Axela? This logistic company. Axela, yeah. These are logistic company called Axela. Why do they get Axela to do their logistics? To concentrate on the major things. Imagine if Safaricom now decided to open a department that has containers and what to be transporting their things and what. A lot of energy is going to go into that. And that energy, where is that energy being got from? There's going to be a demand on some area. Yeah. And you're going to see growth in that ministry. You're going to see growth in your business. You're going to see growth in your career when you start delegating whatever you can delegate. Whatever you can delegate, you start delegating. You're going to start seeing growth and growth here and there. So important. When you don't value yourself, you always feel like value is in you doing that. That's what you feel. Like what I was saying, you're feeling as head usher, head hospitality, whatever it is. You're going to feel, if I don't make the juice myself, I'll seem like I'm just turning around doing nothing. No, that turning around is not doing nothing. That supervision is needed. Yeah. Look at, look at, uh, George is here, he can tell us so many. But look at aviation. How much do pilots do? They mainly fly. Yeah? As in they get us, uh, a layover, seven hours, they have a hotel that has been, you can you go to Wallace Serenity, that's why I used to see all the BA people, British Airways. They, they used to, you know, all of them come come and sleep you know they are just there being treated they are sleeping why because the company wants them to concentrate on a major thing we don't want you to be flying when you're not you're not okay you're not at your best why because that's what brings us money this person changing the fuel emptying the toilet and doing what they may think they are doing more work than the pilot you get what I mean but if those pilots start blundering, these jobs are all going to disappear. So he may seem to be doing little, but we need that. And that is why we give him that huge salary. That is why we give he may not be doing what seems to be the nastiest job. He may not be doing what, but all that privilege is so that he can lead, he can and he takes responsibility. You see. Normally, if, if, if the, the first person they go to in case of any glitch and what, it is you, the captain of the plane. It is normally it starts there. Definitely, they will go to okay, some engineer didn't fit this, some. But you, why? Why did you disobey order? Why is so, oh I could not hear from the system? Well, Our the problem and what? You know, it's you. They will first question, then they go back to all those people. And it is the same thing with you. God honors you. Get to realize that God honors you. It is, it is, I don't know if it's Lisa Bivea who said, it is so useless to put somebody in a place of authority who cannot exercise authority. And that is what normally bothers me when I talk to the leaders, especially you, the leaders. Why hasn't so-and-so come? Let me call them pastor. I'm like, you are the leader. You don't even know why you're member. They don't even call you. They don't respect you enough to call you and tell you they are not coming to church. Sit them, bench them. Why are you in authority if you can't exercise authority? Being in authority is not a place of looking like a flower. There is a lady that Bishop Isaiah was telling me that people don't like so much in Christ's heart. And Bishop was telling me how she helps him a lot. He really values her as much as people complain about her. Yeah. 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 People say she's harsh, she does this, and Bishop is like there's where work runs. Yeah. That lady will stand there. Why do you want to see Bishop? What well, you know, so many people hate her. She's like they may never appreciate, but one day in heaven they will appreciate that they're enjoying this ministry because this because of what she does. Because if you remove her and they say okay, there's no one harsh any man, what you'd realize how things will not be the way they are you'd realize that even that little time you think she gives you with bishop is no longer there. You get what I mean? And normally it is that. It is, it, 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 it is, it is you, you can't, you can't see authority you have if you don't value yourself as a person, if you don't know the honor that God has placed on you. God has given me honor and God has called me. I can tell anyone in Ratsi to step down. And you know, I have to know that if I can't do that, there is no, I'm in the wrong place. Am I choleric? No. Yeah. And that has been the disadvantage in my leadership. And it is something that I need to grow in better and better. So you discover yourself and do that. Yeah. Yeah. By the mere fact it is pastor asking why your member has not come and you also want to go find out. You're not leading. You're part of them. A leader has to stand out. You can't lead as equals. That is not leadership. You get what I mean? It has failed our African countries because presidents need to hear the opinions of the people. That is democracy is the government by the people for the people that was never god's intention it is a government for the people but not by the people that's god's kingdom there is a superior who knows what's best for these people he loves them so much to even say no that is what god does for us so as a leader you should as a leader if you're a leader you should know that you should have that. And you value yourself because as a leader, you're going to create enemies. It, is, it would be good to say it will not happen in Ratsi. But you, you know the honor you carry that that does not faze you. You get what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: When we started church, we started Sunday services, I know many friends, pastors who said I had lost it. God didn't call me to be a pastor. So Pastor Benjamin is losing it. He's meant to be out there. You see, he came to Kenya in a good way. He was meant for missions. Now he's going into Sunday services. You know, if I didn't know my worth in God and what, I would be trying to prove myself to those people. As a leader, you have to, the the, the first place is from there that you have purged yourself and you know you are a vessel unto honor. You get what I mean? Does it mean you're going to be perfect? No. But it means you also don't beat yourself and abscond from duty. It means you know what to do. You're not just going to be oh, the people say, the people say, the people I remember there is a time I was meeting with Lucy and I told Lucy this there is a time there's an issue that we were sorting with Joanne. There had been an issue. So you see we are meeting and they're like, Oh Pastor, uh, yeah, people say you you know you you, Joanne knows she will get away with you because you're her friend and you want... So I told Lucy, it's true. Joanne is closer to, to me or to us than many people. You get what I mean? Which is going to happen in the church, definitely. You get what I mean? There are people who make themselves closer to us. This whole week we've not been away. Bakita has been in our house. She's one person we can leave our keys with any day. She's as in made us nice breakfast that we found, lunch, a supper. You know, as in... There are people, Jesus also had people who are closer to him. It is you who qualifies yourself to be closer. There are people who have never said hi to me. There are people who have never wished me a birthday. You know, I, I, I put stories I put stories and status on social media like four times in a year. Because okay? I don't even see people's stories. I'm normally reminded, my wife puts status and what? And tell me, oh, pastor, I saw this. I'm like, where did you see? Your wife posted. I'm like, where? I never even see my wife's stories. I don't go there. So one time, just Kyodo comes on me and I'm like, hey, the status. Let me put mine also. Let me. But I, do, I, I never see those things. I never put. You know, so you, you've never even, even the few times I've put, you've never seen it. <laughs> you, you, you get what I mean? It's a two-way thing. Some people think that just because somebody is a pastor, he's going to be close to everyone. No, I'm a pastor, I'm a human being. Relationships work two way. You get what I mean? Yeah, there's somebody who is closer. You see, oh, you know, like, yeah, you love everyone, but yeah, you're going to be you're going to be closer to some people by proximity. Either you see them more regularly, they they talk to you. They, yeah, you have similar interests, you have what. There's going to be something like that. So it was true, like from way back. Joanne used to come for sleepovers at our place. She loved cooking. We used to, what? Cook cook together a lot. She used to come up with new recipes. She's, all these places, she's working in Java. She's like, my man, Papa, I'm bringing for, you know. She's, you know, she's in Domino's. She makes for us pizza that is not even on Domino's. What menu? Like, how don't you expect such a person? Food has got a way of getting. It. Yeah. She's there. She wants to see her dad. The shopping she did for Ada before Ada was even born. She's like, Oh, you know, just once in a while, she's like, I got this for baby. I got a blanket. I got this basket. I got this. I got this. So it's true. And they're like, Oh, so she will get away. So I asked Lucy, I asked Lucy, when has Joanne ever got away with Pastor? You get what I mean? And you see, there was no issue to really point out. There's no particular issue. And you I was telling Lucy, like that is so wrong, especially in a ministry. You get what I mean? There is no fact. No one has. No one can come. out well, the other day, Joanne refused to mop, and Pastor just let her off the hook. But because she's close, Joanne gets away when she gets issues. You get what I mean? And you see, it is something that will go on and on. And you're going to see many of all things happen, especially here in leadership. You're going to see oh, so and so. This Asha is closer to Aaron, so. Aaron overseas, no, that will come from, first of all, us not knowing we, we, we are going to feel inferior. But there are people here who are, there are people here who are closer to my wife than they are closer to me. And to me I use it as an advantage. Yeah, I don't feel like it is, I don't feel like it is a disadvantage. I don't say, why didn't they talk to me? Why did they just talk to my wife? No. I even tell my wife many times. You talk to so and so because I know they feel they are okay with you, and the opposite is also true. There are people who have also been closer to me, and it is still okay. Praise the Lord! And I know there are people who are going to be closer to you as a leader. The people are going to relate with you at a certain level, and if I don't know who I am or who God has called me to be and the honor that I have, it is going to make me insecure. It is going to make you insecure, so you find that a lot of small small conflict is because we don 't know who we are, we don 't know our value, we don 't know how honored we are, so we we, 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 we we point out small small things you you just find this thing and it is not even there, and you see you, you you just think this is this is what this means, this is what this means, this is what this means no it is not that if we are if we, are going to, if we are going to 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 experience a culture of honor, like I have said, us seeing that we are created to be a vessel unto honor is just the beginning. It is just the beginning, and we see that. And we've seen that. I've seen that in Lucy. I, I really thank God for that time from the time like Lucy became like overseeing the departments. Man, as a ministry, we've grown somebody who was here like i ago as in the order that we have here then i like that you you see lucy will bring issues to pastor some of you she has even told you this one i'm going to share with pastor that's the kind of leader that i want that is authority somebody in a place with authority there are people who can't do that there is no use of being in such a place and that is why, you see, there is a time I was talking to, to Bishop, and Bishop was talking to me. And there is something that he was speaking to me, very, very important. And there are people who are so close to him, so dear to him, but Bishop told me they don't carry authority. Because he was telling me, you know, different roles. So I'm like, why don't you give this role to him? He says, yeah, he's there, he's good, he's very loyal, he's... but he can't lead. And you see, I've learned that as a leader, because many times we used to, to, it's, it's easy to appoint somebody to a place of leadership because of their commitment, their what? That's not enough. Can they lead? Can you stand and tell so-and-so you're not serving in this team anymore? If you can't do that, you can be available, you can be the nicest person, but you cannot lead. You cannot lead. If oh, oh, The team you lead is the one that always influences your opinions. You always have to run to your team to see what do they say. Pastor, they don't like that color of the uniform. Pastor, they don't. So who is the leader? Who is the leader in that area? And I'm not saying that being a leader means you're going to be a what? A tyrant. You know, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there has to be a level of you knowing that God has called me into this position and there are things that I need to do. We saw that in Tanzania. Definitely Magufuli's leadership had a lot of there's a lot of collateral damage. <laughs> they are, they, definitely there are things that didn't go right, but the things that went right supersede. So Imagine them being a country in the world where they did not lose time for their schools. You know that takes a lead as in the whole world is locking down and closing schools. How are you going to live with yourself if it does not work out? What if all those children die? How will you live with yourself? Now, those are some of the tough decisions leaders need to make. And you see, that is why it is easy to criticize leaders because we are never in their position. You don't know. Look at this pandemic. It's been a tough time. Churches have locked down. Some have not locked down. Some pastors have supported it. Some have not supported it. And I understand both. Tough decision. Tough decision. Yeah. One is not locking down and you know you think it is because of fear, because of what? But it is, it, it's been a tough, a tough decision to make. Am I risking my people? And another one, am I failing God? Is this faith? Both if it's just being rational. Both have been tough. And it's the same thing still for presidents. We are not sure of this. Look at people dying in Italy. Look at people dying here. So you see how there are things that Magufuli was a leader, even against the people around him. It doesn't mean you don't take advice, but in the end it means that there is a decision that once in a while you may make against every other wish. And sometimes that decision may backfire. As a leader, you should be humble enough to come back and say it didn't work. Yeah, sorry, it didn't work. But you see, sometimes it is that decision that is going to take your organization, your ministry, your department to another level. To another level. I like this. Kesha, when you guys, I don't know who decided, Lucy and the department leaders. After the Kesha and guys decided to stay and have rehearsals because we were going to have Sunday the next day. You get what I mean? Personally, I was even feeling for the people. People have been here in our Kesha. Then they have to stay for rehearsals but look at how the services turned out. Look at how it was better to go and have rest once and for all. So imagine if we had sat and started voting. Maybe we would not have had that, we would not have had that, the rehearsals. We would have said, oh no, you see, if we, if we, if we, if we do, if, 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 if people are tired, people can't stay to rehearse and what. I remember when we were starting and Lucy saying we should rehearse the whole service. Remember at first, especially change. You know, Leaders embrace change. Non-leaders fear change. They like what they are used to. There is no growth without change. So you see, when we started these rehearsals, definitely they were very different from what it used to be. Because initially it was just worship team that used to rehearse. So we want everyone to rehearse. We want to rehearse the service. People, That's a very long time for us. I remember about the worship team. The Instrumentalist, that's too long to play. Like, what if you have to play for a whole Kesha? What if you have to, you get what I mean? Yeah. Change does not necessarily mean it's easy, but it makes you better. I've looked at production. Some of us are showing, I think, in uh, uh, a game, like production, like I know, like Watoto has Christmas Cantata for Watoto. It's like like a tourist attraction. They have like four sessions a day, two, two, I think, three or two. Three. three. It's a whole week. You get tickets because that place is full. University students refuse to go home for Christmas early waiting for the Cantata in Kampala to happen. As in production is just at another level. You can go and see samples on YouTube. As in I've not seen such production. I've not been in such production anywhere. Yeah. I've seen, at least I've seen like here Kenya, like this last whatever, what ISIS is doing, they are really, yeah, but still not like at, not, not at the level of Watoto. But yeah, at least they are like, because uh, I always used to long, I'm like, why is there no church doing such production in Kenya? Because that one for Watoto, even people who look for talent, secular guys, they attend to choose talent, to seek as in it's big. But you know how long they rehearse? From June or July. From June or July. December, the week to Christmas. From June, these are volunteers. They are not being paid. Do you know as a leader how you would feel like, especially if you're phlegmatic like me, All oh, these people, at least... Le-. Because many times I even tell the team here, my wife, I want us to appreciate people. Let's pay them. Let's do what? And there is no money. So you see... <laughs> So he said, I have to remind myself to be a leader. I'm like, the people are willing to give themselves. You are a leader. You're not forcing them. Call them and tell them, if, let them come and do. If they refuse, it's fine. But you see, many times you see as phlegmatic, you're feeling, oh, they're going to come. Their whole day, they are going to be here. Maybe their neighbors are Arab. They would have given them some pilau. That day would be, they would not budget for food. They, you know, now we are keeping them in church the whole day. <laughs> You know, sometimes I think about such things. But he says, a leader, you should be able to swallow that pill. Because, you know, you look at that, but you see how many souls get born again during that cantata. I remember there is a certain time, like, uh, in one week, they had about a thousand souls, a thousand decisions in one week. A thousand people getting born again. And they have overflows, the overflows are full. Then they put tents outside. Because even people going for the next show, they wait outside. Like we would wait. You get a ticket, you go for the you go in the morning, they tell you, even the next show, people are already here, it's full. Let's change your ticket to tomorrow. Big, but it's been done with excellence, real excellence. The commitment in it. The auditions that people go through, so it has to be leaders to take people through these auditions. Boss, you're not good enough, and that's that's good. It's a leader who can say that. You get what I mean? It's a leader who can say that. So we we, we are going to realize that we are working with many people. We have dead weight here and here because as leaders we are not we don't we don't carry authority. So we are having people slowing us down. Because we can't just tell them, ah, no. At this rate, we can't, we, we, we can't do that with you. We have to. We have to get there. It starts with you seeing your honor. Because if you don't see your honor, you're always going to want people to speak good about you. And so if people are not speaking good about you, you're, going to, you're not going to make decision. You're going to rationalize every decision by what will they think. A good leader can't just. A good leader thinks about the overall outcome for the organization, for the department, for the hotspot. you think about that more than what will they think. Because the truth is that people think, even when you don't do it, they are still thinking that you are a bad leader. You may not be able to control that. So start with that as a leader. And you may say I'm not a leader. Very soon you're going to be a leader. Really, this is just a service. This is just a, uh, this is Bible school. See where we are, we are in Bible school. We are preparing. Things are going to come up. Ministry is going to come up. Real ministry is coming up. Mm-hmm. Imagine if this meeting is just for people who volunteer. There is a time our service was not even a quarter this. Just service. Mm-hmm. Honor unifies and strengthens relationships, families, organizations, and nations. The culture of honor. It unifies. And once we understand honor for ourselves, that God has called us to be a vessel of honor, it is very easy for us to also honor God. The first should be us understanding honoring God. How do we honor God? Purging ourselves, purifying ourselves is honoring God. And in the end, it is also realizing our worth. Because as we honor God, we realize our worth. So honor starts towards God. You honor God. Honoring God makes it easy to honor yourself. Then it will go to others. Because like I was saying, it is dishonoring to God for me to disqualify myself for what he has called me to do. So if I honor him, I'll take on what he's called me to do. How many things does God call us to do? And it's a lot of, we have a lot of responsibility. I normally just feel like, yes, let's take it on. Let me take it on. Do this, do this. I'm like, okay, if God has brought this, then he sees that I can, no matter what I'm doing, no matter how much we are doing, we can do it if God has seen it fit. That we can we can do it. Yeah. And I like that. That has always been Mary Kelly's attitude. Yeah. Very like. I've never had Mary Kelly say no to, to ministry. Does it mean that she just has all the time, everything? No. She she was working here, working an eight to five job, doing what? But you see. Every like every opportunity that God brought. So that is I'm doing this in honor of God. I'm doing this in honor of, of God. You'll sacrifice. Because honor, honor is this. Or, or I should say this: in our culture of honor, we don't just do what's expected. We do some more. In our culture of honor, you don't just do what's expected. You do. Samo. You just do what is expected, that is below honor. First Peter 5:8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may. And he's saying, like a raw ring lion. He is not a lion. He is not the lion of Judah. But like he seeks for whom he may devour. And he also tells us that we are not ignorant of the wiles, the devices of the enemy. We are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. So like we have said that honor unifies and strengthens relationships, families, organizations, nations. Without honor, so the devil will always bring his devices are uh, to sow dishonor amongst us. Why? Because we'll not have the unity that we want to have, we'll not have the 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 strength, that bond that we should have. And like I was saying, honor does more than what is expected. It goes beyond what is expected. You're going to realize that that is what strengthens us also. As a ministry, that strengthens us. You are here out of honor. It was put out that we have a meeting on Tuesday and you have showed up. That may be beyond what is expected. And you see how that strengthens us. You've seen in the different, the various, uh, what, departments. There are certain things that you have seen. How many times are people called and they are here late in the night? They are doing media team. People have been here. Bakita with the team doing deco, locked in this place at night. It is not necessarily required. You get what I mean? It is not necessarily putting up this because there's a day earlier and Manoa here till morning. They're not being paid to do this. That is more than what is required. What does it do? It strengthens us. Somebody comes in and says, Wow, I like the sound in that ministry. It is not so loud, it is said so well, it is what it is strengthening us as a ministry. It is making us better. But it is because there are some people who are doing more than enough. There are people who are doing beyond what is expected. And it does that for us. Now the devil knows that if I saw dishonor. Unity will be broken. Because you see many times we think that unity comes by us just sitting together. And we've seen that, we saw that when we were in in Kisumu working with the committee. And I've seen it a lot in Kenya. There is a lot that is called, as the body of Christ, we must get into unity. And unity means let's sit together. Then after you pass, you're just speaking things are behind each other. No, honor is the thing. If you honor each other, even if you're not meeting to see it, there will be unity. If you don't honor each other, you can see it, you can have all the team building you need, you can have all that, and you will still have this unity. Some of the ministries, organizations, that we see where people seem to be, from afar, they seem to be so united and working together. You see, we were working with some people like in Kisumu, in a early were telling me, so they go and meet and, in the meeting, these people are agreeing on the same thing. They're they are agreeing. It's like it's them against our team from Nairobi. Then just on the road, they, they leave that place and they're just in the car. These who are in the car with now people from Nairobi, they turn against the others. Like those people, we always tell them they they just they you know, they. But you see, when you find them, we are united. As the committee, we are united. This is my brother, this is my There is no culture of honor. So we can always come together, we can always have meetings together, we can go for sleepovers, we can do what. but there is no culture of honor. And we will not see unity, we will not see... And it's what you see even in different countries. That's how coups have happened, that's how presidents have been overthrown, that's how... By people who are close, they are there. They salute them. They seem to be honoring them. But you see there is dishonor. Because it starts there, in the heart, there is dishonor. Yeah. And if you're sitting here thinking that it is your neighbor that I'm talking about, you need to start again making your notes. You need to start from the start.
1: Yeah.
0: I people feel like, yes, Pastor, talk about that. Pastor, I wish you talk to people about. The moment you think that way, you know that you really need it. You, you know that it's not working in you at all. How I many you start thinking that what, what is being shared is for somebody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yours. We love and honor people in their weakest moments. This takes maturity. The opposite is the obvious. Anyone will hate anyone who is not good who does not seem qualified. Honor, honor is really, Bill Johnson puts it this way, celebrating somebody for who they are without stumbling on who they are not. Normally we want to celebrate people for who they are, who they are not. No, we want to celebrate them without knowing who they are not. And it's that. I honor that pastor. I love that pastor. Why? Ah, he has time for his people, for his congregants. You're celebrating them based on not knowing who they are not. The moment you get to know that they are not something you want them to be, you dishonor them. Now, I've said we we honor God first. Then we know honor for ourselves. Then we honor each other. So honoring each other is going to be that. A few times people have come to me and told me about a leader and all this, and at times people have told me about weaknesses of so and so. And at times people think it is new to me that this particular leader has this particular weakness. No, I knew it before I appointed them to be a leader. You get what I mean? Yeah. I looked around for somebody with no weakness, and I realized that I was not going to appoint any leader. (laughs) I realized that at this level, we are not going to have any leader. Yeah, I tried to look. It. I really wanted to have a team with no weaknesses. I really wanted to. Enough. Somebody even told me, Pastor, I wish some of these leaders in Ratsai, I wish they just listened to the word that you preach. And for them, they had just been a very big mess. And I'm like, what of you? Shouldn't you also listen? So it's, you know, so it's, you know, it's, it's like what I was saying, like you know, like when we just began especially when Lucy just came in, everyone is like, oh, Lucy is harsh, Lucy is harsh, Lucy is harsh. You, you're not a timekeeper. You get what I mean? Lucy is a timekeeper. So if I put you in that position, and <laughs> I would rather have a harsh person there than have a... Hey, the service will be beginning at 11.10. 11.10? 11:10. <laughs> You, you get what I mean? Yeah. And it's not that I condone these weaknesses. I see the weaknesses wherever they are, and we talk about them. We address them. Yeah, if, if anybody knows, I've, uh, individuals i have talked to, you know, that very time I was telling you when we were meeting with Lucy and Joanne, Talk to Joanne. Joanne even wanted to step down from serving. He said we were harsh on her. I told her, I was harsh on her, and again told her, you cannot step down. Yeah, but I told her, <laughs> yeah, I told her, you're not allowed. And she came to me like, Wow, Pastor, that was so hard on me. I'm like, Yeah, you needed it. You need to change. You need to. So, you know, like, it takes maturity. There is no leader you're going to submit under, there is no friend you're going to have who has no weakness. It takes spiritual maturity to honor them. Otherwise, you'll only honor them because of what you want to see in them. That is why it is not, uh, like I normally say, it is not very exciting for some to say, Oh, Pastor, you are a real man of God. I listen to the word you preach. I listen. You're going to realize that I have tattoos and you're going to leave church. <laughs> yeah. As long as I'm putting on long sleeved, I'm a man of God. One day you'll find me at home with a vest. <laughs> You will see who you don't love. And it's the same thing among us. You realize that when we dishonor one another, it is because we are stumbling on who, we, who they are not, who we want them to be. Can we honor them for who they are? Can I honor Lucy because she is in charge of coordinating the departments? That's enough. She's, that, that's, she deserves honor because she's in charge of that. Yeah. Yeah, pastor saw her feet. You get what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to honor my my leader not because of... Otherwise, if you want reason to dishonor people, there is going to be a reason to dishonor everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Even when you're married... you're going to find that, yeah, this one does not wash the way you want them to wash. This one does not cook the way you want them to cook. This one does not. This is going to be that. So can you, and that is what, imagine how Jesus honored us so much that he died for all of us. Then he came and chose 12 disciples. I'm sure the Pharisees, like some of us are, want to be Pharisees in this ministry. I'm sure they'll be like, "Hey, does Jesus know that Judas is a thief? You, you know, I'm sure they, they thought he didn't know. And so you see, so it's the same thing that happens because pastor does not stand here and say, no, Lucy has become a leader, but she has this weakness and this weakness. People people think pastor doesn't know. Now Aaron is the leader here, but pastor doesn't know this. Now Manu is leader here, oh, pastor doesn't know this. Now just imagine those teams around Jesus, the bigger ones, 120, 500. Like what? Does he know Peter? (laughs) Yeah. Peter doesn't keep his word. Jesus is walking with him. He's even gone with him to the mountain. I wish he knew. And normally you realize that when we have that spirit in us, you realize that we are smaller than the people we criticize. Yeah. Big people don't criticize small people. It's small people who criticize big people. Yeah. Yes. That's the truth. That is the truth. Yeah. It is normally the smaller one. Whoever you see shouting, buying airtime on TV and shouting about somebody, you just know they are smaller than the other person. Normally. You try, you try to do your research and see. It is normally that. It is normally the one who is not president who really criticizes the president. It is normally the one who is not the pastor who really criticizes the pastor. It is normally the one who is not the CEO who criticizes the CEO. It normally, is normally that. Yeah, air yeah, talent Yeah. So imagine if you you know your worth. You're going to be sober and vigilant, knowing that you stumbling on who they are not is making yourself to be that. Maybe devoured. By the devil. You're not being sober. The devil has. Tried to lure you to a certain direction and you have taken the bait. Because they came, they came and told Jesus, Your disciples eat corn, which is not, you know. Do you think that Jesus condoned those things? But why do you think he defended the disciples? Because the other guys were coming from a place of dishonor. They didn't have any right motive that they want these people better. And you say, I would see that. Many times people come even to the office talking to me about some other person and immediately like I can tell it's not that they want them better. Like if this person changed, they will not come next week you and say, oh pastor, I'm telling you he's doing so well. No. It, it normally stems from self-righteousness. We normally think that we, we look at our few strengths and we believe that they make us better than the other person. Yeah, we get our few strengths and compare them to the other person's few weaknesses. Definitely we are going to win. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we will win if we do that. If we keep doing that, we will win. But Jesus does. He said, Oh, your disciples are not fasting and what? Yes, like John's disciples. These disciples, Jesus even rebukes them for not being able to pray. So Jesus knew their weaknesses. But you knew he knew who they were. He did not stumble on who they were not. And he gave them the great commission. So when you look at your your neighbor, your friend, whoever you sit with here, here, remember they qualified. They went through discipleship. The department leader saw them fit to start serving in that department, and that is enough to honor them. I may saying we should condone something that is not wrong? We don't condone what's not wrong. How what, what's not right? How do we how do we how do we show honour? We go talk about it. Yeah, with them. And you see, that is why I like to call. Like, let's call that person that you're talking about. Then why is it important to us if we can't even talk to them? Are we the ones that need to change? Let's talk to the one that needs to change. You get what I mean? Yeah, it's just like you coming and discussing with me how somebody's wife does not know how to cook and what. I'm like, you're telling the wrong person. I'm not a chef in that house. However good I cook it here, it's not going to go to that house. Go talk to the right person. That is honour. And that's how you realise that some at times we feel like people who whose mistakes are not out there we think they are better. But this is what I'll tell you. Many times you find that people whose mistakes are out are not out there are people doing very little. God had Esau and Jacob. Jacob was the cheat. Esau was the compliant. Up to that time, we don't hear Esau doing any bad thing. We even sympathize with him when he sells his birthright because they're like, honestly, he's angry at Akufa. You know, like. (laughs) So we sympathize with him. But you know, God was stuck to Jacob, the thief. Because he had passion. He had, he had God knew that this one will carry my agenda. This one. This compliant one. So at times it is that. We realize so, so and so has some weaknesses here. You clash with them. But you see there is a person and I've seen this even in relationship. There is somebody over four years we have never clashed. We've never. Then a disagreement came up. Something small. They walked away. They walked away from us without even talking about it. We tried to call, let's sit and talk about this. They walked away. And yet there are people we've clashed with and they've done real ugly things. But we can talk and they stay close. Like, that, those are more mature people. So there's this person who has never done anything wrong, so you think they are better. It's a matter of time. That day they do something wrong. And that's what I'm saying, like, from all these leaders, like the department leaders. There are things that I know about them even, as definitely it's prayerful, definitely there are people that God has showed me, and there are traits that I have also seen. You get what I mean? I know them. Aaron, Kina Aizo, Lucy, and what? I know these people. I have corrected them. And you see how they take correction says a lot to me. It says a lot. And there may be people who may not have mistakes like they have. But by the time you go through correcting them, you're tired. You, you know you want to call personal assistant to come and continue. Well, but pastor, but, but there is just an excuse for everything. There is an excuse for everything. You know, like, like just we are saying like how many people complain about Lucy and all this. And I called Lucy. I talked to Lucy. And there are things I've talked to Lucy about. I'm like, this was wrong. And some of you, Lucy has come and apologized to you about certain things. Think about yourself if you are in her position. Would you even have the guts to go and say sorry to to yourself? (coughs) Or you would leave church? You would go to another church? Yeah. You would... So there are things, So it's the same thing even about that, your friend that you have, that person that is close to you. I stayed with somebody in my house for a very long time. They didn't have a job. They didn't have, and many of my friends would say, this guy, why don't you kick him out? He's lazy. He's this. And you say I told them. I would tell people, I remember there is a time, especially when I was just getting into ministry and what. somebody hosted me for more than a year. I didn't have an income I was bringing in. Yeah, and somebody hosted me. that person would do shopping for me they would buy me things and i'm like it would be unfair to kick this person out and what they never used to see this person was hard working they were not lazy i would leave home and come maybe to town and do what i go they've washed the house they've washed my own bed sheets my clothes duvets they've cooked they as in they would work and work and work so you see that that was in the house what was not in the house, what the world sees, this guy is staying here, yet he has no job. That's what people would see. And it is the same thing amongst us. This neighbor that you're seeing, this person that is next to you, this, they may have a weakness. It's true. They may be a poor timekeeper. It is something that they are working on. But they are loyal. I know we've had people here who are timekeepers, but they are not loyal at all. At all. But they are very good timekeepers. Timekeeping will easily be seen by anyone. Loyalty may not easily be seen. You get what I mean? So if we cannot honor each other because of who God has made them to be, we cannot celebrate them because of who God has made them to be. It is going to be a lie that we celebrate or we honor the leadership. Because that very person you're not honoring, tomorrow they are going to be appointed the leader over you. So if you just honor the pastor, Bishop Isaiah used to tell us this. If I send somebody to preach to you, I send somebody to preach in maybe your church or you've invited me to your school because we used to invite him to school and I send somebody and you don't receive them well, then you don't honor me because I'm the one who has sent them. I saw it fit for them to come and minister. And your department leader thinks that that your team member is fit to be on that team. Yeah. Especially with you. (laughs) 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 So if you don't honor them, you don't honor your department leader. Yeah. You don't honor them. But we can learn to honor and respect one another. And there is a great reward for that. God has a reward for honor. John Biver gave this testimony. It's in that book, when you read that book. But John Biver says, one time, he had, what is that position in their ministry? Somebody who works, it's called international rights. Like they have a department, somebody for international rights. So that one works with all the publications, their books, their travels, their... Trips, booking, meetings, worldwide. And John Beaver, they had taken her. They paid for her for school, I think, for 12 months to train her in this role. They've invested a lot in her. And once every year, because, you see, they spend a lot of time out. They give a week. They would give a week to their children. Now their children are are married. I saw the last one proposed yesterday. They are all getting. But before they would get their sons, they take them, they would go on a cruise per week. And they would shut all their laptops, all their phones, no work from. Them. So you see, so during that time, a pastor John Bever knows in that same city hired this lady without talking to John Bever. Without definitely in the Christian culture, what well, that was real dishonor. That is not So John Bivere felt, you know, so bad, I should just call this pastor and what, and Do this, he felt, and God told him, no. And he prayed about it, he prayed, because why? It is a bait of the devil. He wants to devour you. He wants you to dishonor this pastor. Is what the pastor has done dishonorable? Yes. So does it mean you should also dishonor them? No, exactly. So that's how people, you know, when people when we start exchanging hard words and all that, it's normally because we don't honor the other person. You can come and tell me something tough, but if I honor you, I'll not react the same way. Because I honor you as a person. It's the same thing you say about like even what? Relationships, breakups. You can break up still honoring the other person. And they may have done something bad. You get what I mean? But it does not mean that you don't honor them. So, John Bevere prays about it, prays about it, because he's fighting with those, the bad thoughts, bad feelings towards this pastor, like, you know, you, know you start feeling, I wish she fails where she's gone also, I wish she... <laughs> but he prays and prays and prays until now he starts smiling, he starts laughing, he starts... So it is lifted off of him. So he gives a phone call to the pastor. And by this time, so you see he's confronting the pastor but from a perspective of honor. He took days praying about it, so the confrontation should be from a place of honor. And he talks to the pastor, and the pastor says, he really made a foolish mistake, that was not good, the pastor apologizes, and all that. And John Bevere tells him, I want to see you when we come back. And maybe the pastor is wondering, why does he want to see me? We've already talked about this on phone. And John Bevere goes and takes him a very good watch. Uh, Was it a Britling? I'm not sure, but he took him a very good watch. Give him a watch from his box, gave him. There are some parts either on the wind or what for the watch that were not there. They needed to be shipped and what. And John Bever says, I'll do that. The guy's like, no, I, you've done a lot. And no, he's like, I didn't want to give him an incomplete gift. You know, like honoring him and the pastor loves that watch. And, and today they are friends and they are, and John Bever is like, I'm genuinely happy when I see that employee, that worker succeeding also there and he talks about now honors reward how the miracle was that they got a very good replacement very good replacement as in very awesome lady serving in that very position then there's somebody a very rich guy who got for John Bevere uh, a Brettling like a late if you know watches you know Brettling yeah okay that's if you know if you know watches but they are it's a prime watch like there you see rolex not this rolex sold at 2500 i'm saying rolex rolex <laughs> yeah look at look at facebook you see rolex for 2500 rolex for 1500 yeah so but like it's it's very reverent. if yoda had one and his was twenty thousand dollars yeah that's yeah so they are, that they, they, they are made by Bentley. I think they are made by Bentley also. they are the auto watch. Bentley, the one that makes cars and watch. Yeah. Very good watches. So he had really desired to have one like that. And this very wealthy guy pulls down his, his coat and just takes off the watch, gives him. Like so he remembers how he gave that watch. He remembers. He's like, this is honor being rewarded. And you will also get honor. I saw this a lot when Mary Kelly was ushering team leader. Yeah? Some of you were under her when she was. There are people that even me, was just tired of, and Mary Kelly would say, let's pray for them. And she would, she would just pray for them, and you would see how people would change. You know, the very people you think are nagging her. You would think she has to treat them with dishonor because she's the immediate leader. But there was honor with which she treated them. Yeah, you require to be firm. You require to confront, but it does not mean that you don't honor. Confront but honor. Be honorable. Yeah, that's honor's reward. Yeah. So when when you get when you when you get in a team like this, you are a leader. You're not a leader. Think about how am I honoring this person every time? How am I honoring this person? Do I honor this person? Just simple things like. You know, simple things like 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 what do we do? Like I would say when ending a a relationship because of anything. Let it be honored. I told my wife this that when that we should always be because definitely we are growing, we are going to fall out with people. It has not stopped. Definitely will fall out with people. But I'm like it to as a flag, phlegmatics. What phlegmatics do, you know what they do? They walk away, chin They walk away. So you wonder why they don't talk to you anymore. You don't know. But God spoke to me and told me that is very dishonorable. And because phlegmatics are also very rational people, you know, phlegmatics are thinkers. So normally they've thought and done everything, even on your behalf. Yeah. They've diagnosed the matter. And you know what we think in the end? You are the problem. You are the immature one. You are. We think about it and rationalize it. Then we just talk about it. And you know what we say? I know even if I talk to them, they will not understand. Yeah. I've given them many chances. They will not understand. I've given them. Ah. So I realize that I'm going to be a victim of that because of being phlegmatic. And I realize, no. I'm a leader. God has put me in this position. I should honor people enough to go and sit down and talk with them. And many times when I've talked to some people, I realize that there are things that I have done over and over. And I would have never known. Because, you know, you think it's obvious because as a phlegmatic, they should have known. They should have known. So, you see, you're writing them off with a list of things they've done wrong and they don't even know they've ever done those things wrong. Because you didn't call them out. Phlegmatic you. You didn't speak about them when they happened. Yeah, you kept quiet. They came, they borrowed your whatever, cloth or what, they brought it back. It's, it's a bit spoiled. You didn't address it. You just said, I'll never give them. They, they did another thing. You, just, you didn't talk about it. So it, has, it is so unfair to them that you're cutting them off without them even knowing what they did. If you had addressed it, that I didn't like the way you treated my cloth. That, was, that is honorable. That is honorable. So by the time you come to end this relationship and you point those facts, they are not taken by show. They know, yeah, you've pointed it out. I know you've pointed it out. they very honorable. You say, yeah, we've talked, as a leader, we've talked about late coming the other time. You're not just a leader of a department and you know you just start telling somebody. You sit. You're not serving. They're waiting. When am I serving? They they don't even know what they have done. No, that is wrong. Yeah, Point out every other time an issue comes up. Point it out. Tell them this that you did was not right. It is not good. Now you see, I have told you this. You've seen five times you've been coming late. And this, and this, and this. So you have to sit down. That is honorable. That is, it is, it is, it is. They may not be happy, but at least you've honored them enough as a person. And once you honor them, It ends there. It is not a story to discuss with everyone. It is not a story like who everyone is. is Yeah, yeah. Putting on your status and what it is. It is not. (laughs) Hmm? It is not. It is. Yeah. You deal with it because you see you are honoring this person. You're honoring this person. I don't. And you say, I've seen that especially as leaders. There are people, there are people that, you know, even some of you, I know some of you may be discovered later. But there are people that maybe we, we fell out with. But you say, I never stood here and talked about it, I never... And you know, so you know, some of you may are getting jobs with them and they are doing what... It, and I feel like, yeah, that is very good. I always remind myself, I'm like, I'm glad I honored that person in that way. Because... Them falling out with me, we didn't fall out on terms of employment. They may be a good employer. But you see, that is what dishonor does. Dishonor just makes a person bad. Like they've never been good at all. Yeah, which is a lie. And that's why I'm saying that they will come and say, Pastor, can you imagine this person? If they only listen to the word, what they are doing? And what, what are they talking about? One thing. No one comes to report anyone and they first tell you about the good things they do, then they say, but this one. They just point out that one and they make it that big. Until it fills that office until that office is small, I'm like, let's go into the main. Let's go and enter the church and we breathe in. (laughs) Because of this one thing. Let's teach ourselves to see good among, among each other. Let's teach ourselves to do. And if we start seeing good, it does not mean we are going to condone the wrong. We will point it out because if we, don't, if we don't point out the wrong, that is still not honor. Because like I'm saying, eventually it's going to become too much. And you're going to walk out of these people's lives in a dishonorable way. So it is good to call out those things. It's good to tell people these things. But in a very honorable way. And we celebrate them. There is genuine reason for celebrating. There is genuine reason for celebrating. This person may not have done this. Uh, this person may have done something wrong, but they've come back, they've repented. Now you know for, okay, not cholerics, I think it's mainly melancholy. Yeah, For melancholy, it's like they want people to pay. You you get what I mean? There's that thing in you like, how can an adult do that? So when they come back and they say they are, they are wrong, you need to write for them a template on how to say <laughs> We need to write a template for them on how to say I don't feel like they repented enough. Yeah. And now, you see now, genuinely, definitely there are people who don't repent well. They are people who just come and say, I'm sorry. But we should always have open arms that when people come back and they've offended us, they've done what, we should have open arms to realize, yes, that is behind us now. Yeah, let's move on. Let's, yeah, let's um, close chapter, close deal, and And it is it is it is it is that we move on. We 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 treat them as brothers and sisters, and I hope all this is is helping us because you see the others, the other things, the other things are the other things seem easier. There are things that Paul talks about. You know, Paul talks about even people to stay away from, which I believe is still part of culture of honor. Hmm? Paul says that these ones who who have a form of godliness but deny the power they are in he tells Timothy to avoid stay away you know there are people God you, you know we talk it's like we've never read the New Testament you know when especially when people hear somebody has just communicated from church if it, that was unfair no Paul tells people not to even eat with certain people not even to greet them it's Bible New Testament hmm? don't eat with them don't even, don't even greet them don't get in the hope of God's God chastising them. <laughs> yeah, there are things. But it says a form of godliness denying its power. Now what, what what power are we denying? The power of forgiveness here. Bishop was talking about this this weekend. Somebody has said they are sorry. They are wrong for what they did. God has forgiven them. And you claim to be a Christian, but you don't think they are off the hook. You are denying the power they are in. We should not associate with you. You don't believe people can be forgiven. You don't believe people can change. And what gospel do you believe in if you don't believe people can change? People change. God changes people. Look at you) <laughs> Eh? I'm a testimony. Congratulations. (laughs) 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 He has done it for you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's 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 read Romans twelve ten, then we'll conclude with Genesis. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Delight. That it really, really, you're excited to honor each other. You can't stand another person talking something bad about this person next to you. Even if it's true that it is bad, it does. You see that it's sad that in the Christian world people celebrate that. Like Christians here, a pastor fell. And they're like, I knew. I thought so. I knew. Like, You don't hear Muslims doing that. So it is so sad that you feel good that something happened to another person. Jealous. That is so sad. And it shows you that you don't know your worth. If you feel good and what and is bad. Kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. Yeah. In honor, preferring one another. In honor, preferring one another. Delightful. You see, even as a leader of your department, you're going to want people to be, you want to see that honor in people. So you will really try to see that good that their best foot is forward, You know, you, you, that's your desire. And that's how it would be easy, like we normally say. We normally talk about people like, uh, let me say somebody, somebody has something that is not right. Their hair is not right. They have bad breath, bad odor, and what? Why do people just avoid them? Because they don't honor them. If you really prefer them, in honor, if you prefer them, you will take them aside because you don't want the next person to be talking about how they smell. You take them aside. Tell them buy a deodorant. Or you buy for them a deodorant and tell them use this. To tell them, why haven't you ironed? Or, you know, you, you will, because you know you want, but you see, fallen man is always selfish. And you see that is why he tells us to put off the old man who is after the flesh. To put off that old man. It is a daily thing. A daily thing. I said spiritual growth is not natural. Gravitating towards the fallen nature is what is natural. You do nothing and you just become mean. To become better you have to do something. That's why there is consistent mind renewal. I'm going to be nice today. I'm going to speak good to people. I'm going to do good. I'm going to obey God. That requires taking the word of God. You get what I mean? We human beings inherently from the fall are selfish. Look at photos. When we look at photos, why do we call photos bad? Because you didn't look good. You never look at all the other people who are looking good in the photo. You say, I didn't like that photo. Just because of you alone, you're 10 people in that photo for God's sake. You're just 10% of the people in that photo. But it's bad. Delete it. Why was it posted? Delete that photo. Because of you. Why? Because you're just looking out for you. The photos show us a lot. They even introduced selfies. You know how much research and investment has been put in the selfie camera? Yeah, it's the one with automatic filters. It's the one with... It's like a lot of money because they, you know everyone knows wants to look good wants to look it's just about me i don't care about the ones on the other end so much the one on this side the one on this side is hmm, a lot so it's 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 that thing like i'm seated here somebody has bad body order i don't care at least i look nice people will talk nice about how i look i don't care i'm dressed like this go get some clothes for that person do you have some clothes get good clothes for them are you happy when they look nice Yeah, make them look nice, and it is going to be. It is going to be very easy. You see, honor when honor starts with such things. We, you see, in in the office here as staff, because we we, we are celebrating people's birthdays and what. One of the things that I was telling them that let's every birthday definitely has what staff uh, like as the ministry will pay. We pay for the yeah maybe for the lunch for the treat. But each of us should come with a gift for that particular person that we are celebrating. Yeah, your own gift, a thoughtful gift. That is a great way for honor to begin. Like you see, if if you think about a gift, you think about something good, it means you're thinking about this person. You're thinking about this person. So if we make that a regular thing, because you know, you'll find in this team, like it's only so-and-so I bought a gift on her birthday. It's only so-and-so. at that person in your ushering team your hospitality team that you've never done such a gesture for and say i want to honor them so you say i want to honor them let it not just be verbal and what if it starts with something you realize how it will easily grow because you're doing it you're outwardly doing it so do something I'm, i'm going to pay their fare today i'm going to buy their lunch today i'm going to do this that way we honor each other we celebrate each other I like definitely there are things that we need to patch, but like I really love what I see. Like when we, I I like how we show up for showers, how we surprise people for birthdays, how we work in these different weddings and what I like. There's a there's a level of family that we have here. Uh, we can just take it higher if we understand honor and how honor is done. We can just take it. We can just take it higher. You get what I mean. And we normally talk about it even look at even just groups, these WhatsApp groups. Leaders. Some of you as leaders, if you need to take somebody off, maybe they are no longer a leader. I've told you to talk to them before. If you've ever come to me. You don't just take somebody away from a group, a WhatsApp group. That is dishonourable. That is even worse than adding somebody who you didn't request. That's already bad. Have you been like that? You just added to our group, you just... That is very... That's disrespectful, you just add somebody to our group, and the group has 623 people. <laughs> Especially Telegram. Hey, Telegram, you can have a thousand people. You, see, you are just added. It's honorable to go and say, is this. this group we have formed, is it okay if I add you? We would want you to be there. But it's the same thing with you know. So I'm like, yeah, it's true. Like there's some that we know maybe this person has left this church. They've left out of defiance, and there are people who have left groups so serving because of bad, you know, behavior and all that. But still, I've told you as a leader, talk to them and tell them now we are going to take you off the group. It's honorable. Yeah, you're no longer serving in this team, and it's honorable for you to be. You know, such simple things show. They show honor. They show honor. For each other. And for the leaders also, respecting the work that the people do, the people that are under you, the work that they do. You may be supervising, let me say, I'm, I'm giving Aaron a lot as an example, but he's the usher. Maybe seats have been arranged, somebody has come and they've arranged seats and instead of coming and you know, you know, you, you ask them why they've done like that. Shouldn't we do it this other way? You know, because you see, you delegated, you you see, it starts with like these guys. You see, we come in and we find guys mopping these stairs. You ask for permission to pass. It shows you honor them. They're not just a janitor who is there. You just do whatever you want. It is, it is it is, honorable. It is honorable. And if we honor each other, we are going to sit in all these small areas. You will get to the washroom. You will put the, the hand towel tissue in its own. You will put it in the proper place because you're honoring people. When you use the toilet, you will leave it Honoring the next user. You are to leave it thinking about you yourself. You know the shock of my life was to realize that round the world ladies' toilets are worse than men's. You know, I didn't know that growing up in a single sex family, you know, because ladies all look nice out there. Yeah. So you you know you 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 even think their poop is pink and <laughs> 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 and, and strawberry flavored <laughs> yeah. I, 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 thought, I thought we would never need. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think I didn't think we even need an air freshener in their toilet I just thought ah these are ladies. Sir, <laughs> so, so surprised. You know, it has not made sense to me. I've not gone into it. But why? Why should ladies' toilets be the worst? They are the blocked ones. They are the you know, you look at men, they seem rough, they seem they will just do anyhow. Here was it here or oh, even even at Highlands so or unblocking ladies' toilets. Eh? Yeah, flashing the thing is broken. And you don't see all of them for workout. I do wonder how they have such energy when they are there. <laughs> hmm? That passion there. Let's bring it in evangelism on the streets. <laughs> like hey, that was to me it was like a real culture show. You know, I used to think ladies' toilets are just... And you see, you go for conferences, the ladies' toilet is blocked.
1: I'm like...
0: "Ah." Out of order, water is on the floor, so...
1: yeah.
0: They do make up, they leave the sink dirty and what. Like, you know, you're not honoring the next person. You're not honoring the next users. You know, you should think about that. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Now, imagine this is put in this same context. It is when he's talking about such things that he talks about us delighting in honoring one another. Serving God enthusiastically and we don't honor each other is, what do they say? Baloney. It is useless, it is burre. it is for bure. it does not, it does not work, it starts with one another, hmm? people are here in, maybe we've not got enough instruments yet, but when we have people who are playing here, how do you leave the instruments for the next person who is coming, how do you leave the, how do you leave your workstation, and then it also helps in different departments. What we are doing as ushers, how is it going to affect the people in hospitality? What we are doing, but you see everyone thinks about their department. This is my department, my department. That is very selfish. Think about us as the church. Think about us as Ratsi. Think about us as the Go Church. Your department can be sorted. You will get the shield, but we are, yeah, you will be announced here and your name will be put. Yeah, best department. But you see, if you didn't help, if you didn't, if you didn't help your, thank you, if you didn't help your, if, if it doesn't translate in all the other teams doing better, there's nothing to be proud of. It translates in the, how does it affect, do you appreciate the other people's effort as they do this, yeah? As ushers and what, as we are seeing, okay, worship team is coming from there, are their seats around and what? We are appreciating them. As worship team, we are going to see, do we appreciate how the ushers have put that arrangement? Children's church, do we appreciate the ushers who are helping us with this? Uh, hospitality, do we appreciate that this is children's church? This? We should all be looking out for one another. Ham the father of Canaan, so that his father was naked, and went outside and told his brothers. Then Shem and Japheth took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and back into the tent to cover their father. As they did this, they looked the other way so they would not see him naked. And you see, many times this seems just so strange, yet it is what we do. Eh? He says, go back go back to Ham, the father of Canaan, so that his father was naked, and went outside and told his brothers. Isn't that what we do? Yeah, said, so I don't understand so and so. Can you imagine even today he, he's late? That's exactly You're going to tell the others that this so, so and so is naked. You get what I mean? So in that discussion, how are you going to help them? You've never talked to them about being late. But you always have somebody to discuss with. You always have some to discuss with something that is wrong that they did. That is not honor. And there is no reward for that. And you see the Bible says in Galatians that whatsoever man sows, he will reap. He shall reap. That truth is that it is going to come back to you one day. One day it's going to come back to you. You're going to realize that there are many people talking about you. Heartful things. Because those are the seeds that you have sown. If there is something that needs to be taken to your leader, take it direct to the leader. And say, I saw so-and-so is doing this and this. I thought it's your place to talk to them. yeah. And you don't mind the leader talking to them in your presence. It's honorable. Yeah. Keeping quiet with a matter is not honorable. And wanting to disassociate yourself from a matter is also not honorable. Yeah. If I come and say, ah, Pastor, I don't like the so-and-so talks to me and all this. And I say, okay, let's call them, let them come. If you're uncomfortable with that, you're not honorable. It is not. But you see, we see what the other brothers did. They came and they covered the nakedness of their father. Why? They did not tumble on who he was not. Their respect for him was not because he is clothed and in his right mind. It was because he is their father. And that is the same thing that we are going to see. Many of our friends are going to be naked, not sober, now they' are going to go through a tough time, there are things that are going to happen. And all of us have, 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 all of us have had moments of weakness, moments of failure, moments of moments that are not good, and we, we didn't feel good when we had some other person going and blabbing about it somewhere else. We didn't feel good. And the Bible tells us to do unto others as we would, yeah, to be done to us. So in this, if we honor people, we always desire to protect them. We always desire to to to, to be the ones showing. Imagine like when you have like siblings you love. Like I have my like I, I really love my siblings from way back. And on top of that, I'm phlegmatic. So it would it really it would take for me work to genuinely agree with somebody that my siblings have a weakness. You get what I mean? Because I never, I never feel like I should discuss their weakness with anyone. I always feel like I should portray them as the best people on earth. Like that's Now he's saying that if we have brotherly affection among each other, don't you think that that is what it should be? And if I'm talking with somebody about Denisha's, it should be that good vibe that should come out. They should just feel like Hey, he's just the best. There's nothing wrong about him. Like it should really bother me to feel like people should know that there's anything weak about them. And he says, we are doing that. We are affirming. As we inspire people in their strength, the weakness starts to lose power. Yeah. So even when we point it out and we talk about it, they know we have really reaffirmed their strength so much. And they, it's like we are encouraging them. We are channeling them to their strength, and they can easily take on that that strength. They are, they are what they are. It's like you're conditioning them. You're conditioning them for that. You're you're setting them up for that. And you realize that that's what positive thinking does. That's what, and uh, it helps. You see, even in hospitals, what all the counseling and what they really try to talk to people about being positive and what because it works and it is proven it medically works lives are changed because of that it helps people so if we are pointing out as a leader you're not only you know there are people like as we honor people i've seen it even being a pastor but even other people there are many people who are who are just self-made you've seen that They only speak good about a person as long as they are no longer with them. And some of you are like that. You tell me very good things about your former pastors, your former bosses, and sometimes I wonder if you've ever told them. You get what I mean? A thought does not bless. If I think that you're dressed well, it, it is not going to bless you. It's until I utter it. And for many of you, I've told you, many of you have told you, ah, today you look sharp, today you have a nice dress, today you have a nice... I've told you that. Because it's true, and I also want to be very intentional about it. I want to think about it, to be intentional about it. So you'll hear many people, they just tell you, you know, they, they don't know, they don't tell you anything. You know, I think even there's a time when I'm sharing in Christ sometimes people get shocked about some of the things that I say about Bishop. Like some people, I think they think it's meant to be a secret or what. You get what I mean? But you know when I tell people the things that Bishop has done for me, that it's true. Like, why should I say them on his burial? You get what I mean? Remember, like the first time I'm telling them, Bishop is the one who ever first bought for me an air ticket for ministry. You get what I mean? It is Bishop who first ever bought for me an air ticket for ministry. It is Bishop who, you know, like, just many things, and I'm like, Bishop has done these things. Bishop has done these things. What does that do? It helps me to honor him also. I remember the things, because you see, your mind can get crowded. Bishop can speak something that I'm not happy with. And I'm um, which man of God, you see, which... But you see, there, is, there are many things that I keep talking about. He's the one who taught me this. He's the one who said this. He's the one... I get complex matters here. I take to him. I go to him because I honor him. I tell him, now, bishop, we have this person here in Ratsi. This is what they are doing. How should I handle them? And he tells me. And I go back to him and I tell him, wow, it worked. It did this. So many times if you don't do that for one another, you don't do it for your leader, you don't really honor them. It's a matter of time that this honor is going to come out. You get what I mean? As in all this time you've been seated, you've been serving in ushering or hospitality, you've never learned anything. You can go back to Sally or to Aaron and say, wow, I've learned this. I never knew how to dress like this. Nowadays, I people tell me I look nice. It's because you've been strict on how we should have uniform. You get what I mean? Like there's something just good to say. I like it that you... You, you called me. I like it that you did this. Even in testimonies, people don't, unless it is something very confidential, but even in testimonies, people leave out good reports about people. We easily say, but, but you know, you say, oh, somebody gave me fair. Son. If that somebody is there, say it. You get what I mean? You bless them by saying that. You bless them by saying that, and you also pile calls on some people who hate them. Like, wow. You mean they can do that? There is a time after Daisy died. T.L. Osborne went to London to England. He was he was really recovering from that. Then, that Christmas he was alone in his house. Shambak heard of it. Shambak was so sad. R.W. Shambak. So the next Christmas he invited T.L. Osborne. Was like, no, I want to be He's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to preach. Just come. Just show up. And, and they just organized for him and T.L. Osborne came. And they put a seat for him. And they all came and just started speaking the things. R.W. Shamba came getting into healing ministry. It was T.L. Osborne. That time T.L. Osborne was in his 20s. R.W. Shambach had a friend who was a boxer. And I think he had been punched. And his eye had burst like the eye was. The eyeball, literally. He didn't have an eyeball. T.L. Osborne called him out, laid hands on him, and I knew I was created. And that is what caused Shamback to join healing meeting. This is something like 40 years later. T.L. Osborne doesn't even know about that. He doesn't know about that Shambak was there. He doesn't know this guy was a friend to Shamback. So Shambach starts telling T.L. Osborne the story. I wouldn't be in healing ministry, but I saw you. You came out as still a student. And you prayed for a friend. I knew my friend and I knew how he had lost that eye. And it was story after story after story. That is good news. It makes our heart merry. It makes that person live good. And you see, as we honor our parents, that you want your parents to live longer? Tell them those good stories. Remind them when they sacrificed when you were in high school. Remind them the things they did for you. Remind when your dad didn't have shoes but he bought for you the best shoes. Remind them of that. It's the same thing about each other. Talk about each other. Remind you know, I try I I I think I try to do that. I think naturally I compliment people. I don't know if I do it well enough until sometimes I I, I, I start stopping. But you know, I, I normally can't keep something that is good. But you see, many times you've had me talk about Mary Kelly, many times you've had me talk about Ellie, you've had me talk about, you've had me just talk about different people. The good things that they do. I want them to remember. I know sometimes this person may go through a hard time. But you know, they will remember that the good that I do was seen by people also, not just by God. That there are people who saw that. You get what I mean? So, do that. That is covering. That is what these people did. They came and covered Noah. So when you talk about these good things over and over, you're not just seeing when to talk about the weakness of these people. A weakness will always come and be like, ah, that person, we could not agree on this and this and this and this. And that's the time you can talk about them. What of all these good things that they've been doing? What of that nice hairstyle that they came with? What of that nice perfume they wore? What of those the, the great things that they do? There are many things that they do. I was just talking about you The other day I was talking about Fiona in the Bible challenge. I'm like, you know, you see a comment of Fiona doing that every day. And what, it is a good thing and a very noble thing. And you see, nobody may ever say that. Nobody may ever talk about that. Do that. Talk about your leaders. Talk about them. Take those selfies with them and, 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 and post. The good thing is that a selfie can accommodate to people. Yeah, Say so this is my department leader. He's very good. This is my friend. He's very good. I like this guy did something. He told me something so honorable today. He did. You know, people even fear to identify with their pastors. I told you there are people who would fear to introduce me as their pastor even out there. Believe, if you know you can't honor somebody like that. You can't honor somebody you you don't you don't think that about. But voice it, tell them, tell those people. Let's speak to each other. If we're going to create that culture, let's speak to each other. Let's smile to each other. Let's smile to each other. Don't just be jealous when I say, "Hey, have you seen how so and so dresses?" They're like. But it's, those, those colours were not right. Those no, that is jealous weave. It's called what weave? Yeah, that is weave. See, that's where the word weave comes from. It's not. I know that weave is because now you are not happy with somebody who has such hair, so you bought yours. Okay, so maybe hey, it is. It is. It is not that. But let's practice that. Today, all these people you're with, whether at the lunch break, you say something good about somebody. Compliment somebody about, some, about something. Especially those you have never. They are those we always talk to. Oh, girl, your makeup. Oh, you know. They are ones you always talk to about their makeup. Talk to another who has something else, not just the makeup. You get what I mean? Because you're stumbling on who they are not. They may not be a makeup person, but there's something good about them. So go talk about that good thing, about that person. Let it be a regular, let it be a, a... You know, my wife was uh, telling me this, and it was a good challenge when, when we went to, to that break lunch with Pastor Jimmy Masharia. You see, and how they introduce everyone is talking about ladies as being beautiful. You're so beautiful, you're so beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good culture. That should really come back. I I remember I hesitated from that. I used to do that. I think in Uganda they said, darling, 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 darling. Is it darling or dear? Dear, 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 darling. Dear, yeah? It's dear, yeah. Dear, dear, my dear, my dear, you know. Guy, girl, you know there's a lot of dear. But so you see when I came, the ministry beginning, being a a single, yeah, I was a single guy. So I had to refrain, I had to refrain from that for those reasons. You get what I mean? Yeah, I had, to, I, I had to, to be intentional about that. But I think, like I think that that is something that we should get back to, we should, especially, you know, with no arterial motive, and yeah, like it's okay to say somebody is beautiful, somebody's dressed well, but you know, imagine like somebody dresses so well, and the first thing you notice is that they are late, the first thing you the first thing you notice is, is 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 what they should what they should do for you is isn't that amazing yeah imagine somebody's coming up Aggie's coming up and she's done her best and you're like Agi there no there is no tissue in the in the washrooms that's the first thing you can say that is so sad you get what I mean It is so sad, and and you see it. Ellie is here preaching, Mary Kelly is here preaching, and you can't even, you know, there are people who have never said anything about my preaching, and they are here. You get what I mean? There is no day like, Pastor, thank you for that. They are there, they've never, (laughs) they've never complimented, not even one, some, or nothing. Now, I don't mean that all of them are mean people, but sometimes we have to train ourselves to say good things. There are people who, who mean them. But like I'm saying, a thought does not bless. You get what I mean? Yeah, your intention, the intention may be there. At times you even see it. But let's teach ourselves to speak them. And I grew up in a family where we don't speak certain things, especially affectionate things. We don't really speak about them, even if we mean them in our heart. Now it's important to grow to speak them. You see, like you know your parents love you. But some of you grew up with parents who have never said it. But you don't doubt their love for you. Now we can be a different generation we say those things so if somebody blessed you go say it and this is the secret that many people don't know it doesn't make you less you know many people think that complimenting somebody makes them less why should i talk about their dressing when no one has talked about mine ah they're here pastor has given them to preach now they think they are something they are proud i I i want to keep them humble Mm, assistant, Jehovah, <laughs> chief advisor to Jehovah. <laughs> let's let's let, let's learn to compliment people. Let's learn to com- compliment people as much as possible. Yeah.